I'd like to welcome onto the show uh, Paul Delaney, space expert, emeritus professor of physics and astronomy at York University and friend of the show. Paul, how giddy were you when you saw these first, I believe there are actually four full uh, photographs revealed uh, that the James Webb Space Telescope captured? Well, after I joined my colleagues in a huge sigh of relief that after 20 years, this was actually delivering magnificent images, everybody, including me, was was a Twitter with excitement. I mean, the images were breathtaking. I mean, just from an astronomy enthusiast point of view, they were absolutely masterpieces. You know, you'll see them as, as desktop uh, wallpapers, if not already, very, very soon. I was excited to see them because of the quality of the images. It was like you know, getting a new pair of glasses and looking for the first time at something that you'd always thought was beautiful, but now you could see it even more beautifully. Yeah, the Hubble was was nice, uh, but it just wasn't the same. It didn't have the capability because it wasn't using infrared camera to look through the gases and dust that are out there. We're actually, when we say looking through, I think it's really interesting because we're actually looking back in time. Can you explain that concept? Uh, Excuse me. Absolutely. Uh, The further in space we look, the further back in time we are looking. Uh, I I think of myself as a time traveler. Everything that you see in the night sky, and it doesn't matter what wavelength you're looking at, visible, infrared, ultraviolet, everything that you receive from the night sky is traveling to you from a distance. And the further that distance is from you, a million light years, a billion light years, the further back in time you are looking. So the whole universe can be thought of as this huge onion, and you peel back layer after layer as you get further and further from Earth, and you are seeing those objects as they were earlier in their lifetime. So, yes, we are time travelers, and uh, we can examine the past. The big advantage that the James Webb Space Telescope offers us is that we can peer back to nearly the beginning of time itself. So 13.8 billion years ago, Kelly, is when the Big Bang happened. This telescope, we are expecting to be able to see objects as old as 13.5, maybe even 13.6 billion years old. Paul, how do we know that's when the Big Bang happened? Uh, excuse me, a number of differing lines of evidence, and without getting you know too astrophysical on you, you've heard of the notion of the expanding universe, that everything is moving away from us, and the further away we look, the faster it is looking. Well, If you reverse that, if you are saying the further away you're looking, the faster things are moving away from you, and reverse that, you can backtrack in time to the point at which the universe literally collapsed back to a single point. So the expanding universe is one of the strongest pieces of evidence that there was a time T equals zero, uh, and that was the Big Bang. And when we do that arithmetic, it's about 13.8 billion years ago. There are other lines of evidence that the temperature of the universe, you know, if you stick a thermometer in the middle of our universe anywhere, you'll feel the temperature of about 2.7 degrees above absolute zero. If you think of the universe as being hot at that moment of the Big Bang, and it has been steadily cooling since then, just like a lump of coal, cools with time, then again, you can do the arithmetic and say, for us to be 2.7 degrees today, we had to have been X at time 13.8 billion years ago. So lots of evidence to suggest that there really was a moment when the universe came into existence. We're looking at a lot of nebulas. Most of us are familiar uh, with the nebula because of Star Trek. Can you uh, talk about what is so uh, interesting to you as an astrophysicist about 
uh, these nebulas that we can finally see? So there, there were a couple of images released yesterday. One of them was the what they called the Southern Ring Nebula, and it's basically a glimpse into our future. That's the way our sun is going to uh, die about five billion years from now. And so we're looking with great clarity at the objects at the center of the Ring Nebula that are actually puffing off uh, layers or, or um, spheres of gas as they dissipate their outer envelope. We're seeing that with greater clarity than we've ever seen before. Uh, the uh, Eta Carina Nebula, a huge star formation region. Uh, we have seen what they refer to as the cliffs of Carina there. Uh, it's the dust and the gas from which literally stars and presumably planets are being formed in real time. So it's a huge stellar nursery. James Webb is able in both those images to peel away the layers. Visible light has difficulty punching through that type of stuff. Uh, I mean, think about um, you, know, you looking at a blank wall. You can't see through the brick wall. Wall, but your cell phone is able to receive signals through that wall. The well, let me let me just put on my X-ray glasses. Now I can. I bought them <laughs> off the back of a comic book. <laughs> Excluding Superwoman here, uh, you know, we have got this ability now with James Webb to be able to pull back the shades, if you will, and examine the mechanisms that are happening in real time for these objects that are, in the first case dying and in the second case being formed and it's that power that Webb is able to deliver the the clarity of those images that we just couldn't see before which is going to be the real bonus as far as astrophysics is concerned okay so I have a few questions for you based on one that southern ring ring nebula that you were talking about that you thought was really interesting apparently they say some pillars of the dust and ionized gas are seven light years high Paul, I get the light years away or light years in the past, but what do, I don't understand what they mean by height. Okay, so it, they, they, they are putting this in quotes, so as to speak. But imagine, if you will, a big three-dimensional cloud hanging in space full of dust and gas and that it might be 10, 20, 30 light years in diameter. So it's a big bubble, a big sphere. Now, it's not a perfect surface. It's irregular because it's clumpy. But just imagine, if you will, this, this big object in space, 20 or 30 light years in diameter. Stars begin to form within that big cloud. We call these giant molecular clouds, and that's the sort of area, the region in space where stars form. The first stars that form, the biggest stars, they become uh, very, very bright very quickly, and they emit what we call ionizing radiation, and they begin to clear out cavities in this big cloud. And so what we are seeing in that image of the Eta Carina Nebula uh, is a portion, and it's only a portion. You're only looking at a very tiny segment of this entire complex. The browns and the swirls of, of red and so on, those are the dusty areas that are still forming stars within. And above that, in the clearer, bluer area, that is where the dust and gas has been blown away. It's, it's been formed into stars, and then this ionizing radiation has blown it clear. So when they say a cliff seven, uh, seven light years high, they're looking at a portion within this huge sphere that I originally said was 20 or 30 light years across, and that is an area which has still got stars forming within, so it hasn't been cleared away by the ionizing radiation, and the height of some of those features, or if you will, the length of some of those features, is about seven light years. So everything's on a huge scale here, Kelly. 
You know what I'm hoping for, Paul? I'm hoping that after I go to sleep and wake up again, I'll understand exactly what you were trying to teach me. Oh, uh, <laughs> and it's not that it was too too much. It's just that it's a foreign concept, and I'm sure my brain will take some time to catch up. And in speaking of that, like science, what is incredible about science is it's built on theories, and then the more you learn, the more theories are either proven or disproven. With these photographs, these images we received from the James Webb Telescope yesterday, they are groundbreaking. They are history-making. Has anything challenged the theories about space, or are we pretty bang on? Most of what we saw yesterday is very supportive of the theories that we have been developing over the last 50 to 100 years. So, no, there was nothing that contradicted what we currently believe as far as galaxy evolution, stellar evolution. None of that was contradictory yesterday. But that doesn't really surprise me. We've only been analyzing this stuff for literally a few days or at most a a couple of weeks. The devil will be in the details. So the overall brushstrokes are supportive. Uh, When you looked at uh, that um, galaxy cluster SMAC 0723 and you saw thousands of background galaxies that were being gently warped by the gravitational lensing, those are the areas where we may actually find some big surprises because some of those objects were as old as 13 billion years. The devil will be in the details. But at the moment, the brushstrokes suggest, yeah, we're pretty good <laughs> as far as All the right. are concerned. Can we, so let's get away from the 13 million years and I only have like 30 seconds or less with you here. Can you tell us about July's buck moon? It's coming up tonight. It's a full moon. What's so good about it? Hey, looking at the full moon is always a nice object. You, it rises at sunset over there in the east, and it's up all night. So this is the opportunity for you to be outside with a nice pair of binoculars, looking at all of the wonderful features. There's no danger in looking at the moon. It is a, a super moon again, so it's slightly larger and then therefore slightly brighter. It's just a good opportunity to be outside with the mosquitoes and enjoying the sight of the moon. Beautiful. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate our time. Anytime, Kelly. Have a good one. Paul Delaney is space expert and emeritus professor of physics and astronomy at York University.